Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information about our ministries, head to calvarystgeorges.org. Humans are kingdom builders by nature. Now, most of us don't get the experience of actually building a real kingdom in the real world, but plenty of gaming companies have capitalized on this impulse to great financial success over the years. 30 years ago, and sorry, I'm dating myself and probably some other people here, the computer game SimCity 2000 took the world by storm. Suddenly, we got to build and govern our own virtual cities from scratch, starting with nothing more than an empty grid. You want a lot of industry to make a lot of money? Put it in. You want clear residential blocks with safe streets and little traffic? Make it happen. But beware, because there's consequences to each choice that you make. Too many factories, and your air became polluted and everybody moved out. Too much residential, and nobody moved in because there was nowhere to work. And declining population caused the death of your city, and you were left with nothing, except the ability to reboot and start all over again with new ideas and new structures. Low risk, high reward, endless amusement, ruling all of our own little fiefdoms. Today is Christ the King Sunday. Today is the feast day when we acknowledge that Jesus Christ rules his own kingdom and we are his subjects. And fortunately for us, this isn't a virtual kingdom in a computer game and it isn't a hypothetical scenario. This kingdom is real, inaugurated by Jesus Christ himself in his life, death, and resurrection. We don't see it in its fullness because we are waiting for his return when he will renew both heaven and earth and when every knee will bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord of lords and King of kings. And the season of Advent, which starts next week, is a season of expectation and waiting for that glorious return. But today, on this feast day, in faith and in hope, we celebrate Christ as King of kings and Lord of lords, the one who rules us with both justice and mercy. Our gospel reading today gives us a glimpse of that kingdom. It's a picture of the final judgment when Christ is revealed as king and judges our world according to his kingdom's standards and structures. On the surface, this might be intimidating. How many people have read this passage and wondered if they were a sheep or goat? Have they fed enough people? Have they missed Christ somewhere and and walked on by him? Are they headed toward eternal punishment or eternal life? 
But we also know from other places in Scripture that salvation is by grace alone. And that there isn't a single person here who could feed enough mouths or visit enough prisoners or heal enough sick to work their way into heaven. So what's going on here? This is a hard passage, but it gives us an important glimpse into how the kingdom of God works. The fact of the matter is, we don't like thinking about judgment very much, but it's a real part of the kingdom. And it's good that it is, because it shows us that evil matters to our king. It is not a light and inconsequential thing to him when his subjects sin against one another. And it's not just, quote-unquote, big evil that matters, like genocide and war and mass destruction, but, quote-unquote, little evil matters too. God cares when you don't have enough to eat at night. God cares when your neighbor goes thirsty. It isn't part of the plan of God's kingdom when your daughter's best friend gets cancer or when a prisoner dies alone, wondering if he is loved or worthy of being redeemed. God judges evil because it harms his subjects. And God doesn't expect us to just suffer through this evil in this world in a white-knuckled attempt to make it to the second coming when everything gets fixed. He cares about our material needs in the here and now. And when they go unmet, he judges it as evil. Now, when we know what God judges as evil, it's also part of human nature to come up with a series of rules to follow in order to be able to successfully survive that judgment and end up on the right side of Jesus. We make little checklists in our mind and we tally up the times that we did one of these things and are sure ourselves that we're going to be among the sheep and not the goats. But if that's our response to this passage, then we're missing a very important detail. Because every single person in this passage is surprised at the outcome of the judgment. The sheep are sitting there saying, wait, when did we do good to you, Jesus? And the goats are sitting there saying, wait, when did we not do good to you, Jesus? And this is because all the fancy systems that we can come up with in this world of doing right and wrong just don't work when it comes to God's judgment. We desperately want to think that we can game the system, but we cannot. Those of us who are honest with ourselves know we're not sheep. We know there are times we've seen Jesus in someone in need and just walked right on past. We know we don't end up on the right side of this judgment. And those of us who maybe are less honest with ourselves are kind of like the goats, utterly convinced of our own righteousness when maybe the evidence just doesn't support it. And the point of the surprise in this judgment is not to paralyze us. It's not to make us throw up our hands and despair of ever doing anything good. 
Our neighbors need our acts of charity and mercy. Caring about the evil that those around us suffer and addressing it when we can is part of the kingdom of God. But thinking that we can game the system and work our way into God's kingdom by our own checklists and tally marks is a losing battle every single time. And that brings us to the most important revelation of this passage. Here we see where Jesus shows up in his kingdom. There's the most obvious place for him where we all expect it. He is the king who judges his people, and rightly so. But he doesn't just stay there. He shows up in other places too. He's not the type of king who sits in his palace surrounded by his wealthy, important courtiers, separate from the common rabble who are his subjects. The first glimpse that we get of this, of how he is not just a king, is that he is also a shepherd. He becomes the field hand who's dirty and smelly from spending the night in the sheep pen with his sheep. He's the one who is so intimate with the sheep and the goats that he can pass just judgment on them. That takes time and labor and sacrifice, and we see all of that happen in the incarnation. We are not an easy flock to shepherd, and Jesus gets his hands dirty to do it. And then the next place we see him in his kingdom is in the poor and needy themselves, the least of these. This isn't how the world normally works. Maybe we can see how a king would deign to be a shepherd, to care for his flock. But to become the very least, the most needy in his kingdom? What's the point? It might be tempting to say that this is just metaphorical, that Jesus is telling us that when we help the poor and needy, it's as if we're helping him. But when we, rec we recall where this passage falls in the Gospel of Matthew, any sense of metaphor is stripped away. This is the final teaching of Jesus before he heads to the cross. This is the week of his passion. The very next verse says, when Jesus had finished saying all these things, he said to his disciples, You know that after two days the Passover is coming, and the Son of Man will be handed over to be crucified. If we wonder what it means for Jesus to be the least of these in his kingdom, all we have to do is look at the cross, where he died as a common criminal, not for any evil he had done, but for all the evil we had done. For the big evils of the world. For the little evils of the world. For every time we should have been a sheep and ended up a goat instead. He died and rose again so that he might welcome us into his kingdom, those who would never otherwise have deserved it. This is not the type of kingdom that any of us would build if we were kings and queens. 
We want rules and structures and systems that we can manage and game that make sense to our mortal and finite minds. And Jesus' kingdom doesn't fit that. He calls out the evils and the common indignities of our world. They don't have a place when he is king. He judges us for our sins and the ways we are complicit in those evils. But when we fall short of that judgment, when we can't manage to see Jesus and those around us and to attend to his needs in theirs, Jesus himself becomes the lowest and the least, dying on a cross and taking our judgment on himself. He does this for us. Thanks be to God that we are welcomed into a kingdom such as this. Amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of our parish, we would really appreciate it. You can make a one-time or recurring gift by going to calvarystgeorges.org slash give. Thank you for your support.